Hello, and welcome to the Spirit Studios podcast. My name's Al, and in this episode, we're going to dive into the world of synthesizers. There's a lot of terms out there used to describe synths. Hardware, VST, monophonic, polyphonic, FM, wavetable, modular. If you're new to sound design, then it can be difficult to know where to start. So in this episode, we're going to look at the four main components you'll find on virtually every synthesizer. The oscillator, ADSR envelope, filter, and the LFO. We'll look at what these components do, how they work together, and go over some of the ways we can use them for sonic experimentation. I've packed this thing full of weird and wonderful synth sounds, so to make the most of this episode, I'd recommend listening on headphones. Two important terms in sound design are monophonic and polyphonic, and the instruments we play can often be split into one of these two categories. Monophonic instruments like trumpets, or the human voice, can only sound one note at a time. They can play many different notes, but not multiple notes simultaneously. Polyphonic instruments can, and this is why we can play chords on instruments like the piano, or the guitar. The same kind of thing applies to synthesizers. Early synths were monophonic, but in the late 70s, the release of iconic synthesizers like the Oberheim OBX and the sequential circuits Prophet 5 saw an explosion of polyphony. Monosynths still exist and are fantastic for making lead or bass sounds where chords are less important. But in this episode, we're going to use a polyphonic synthesizer. And to understand how it works, we're going to start off with where our sound begins, and that's with an oscillator. Oscillators are the part of a synthesizer that generates the audio signal. They're the engine that provides the raw sound source that we can then shape with the other components of our synth. Oscillators will look different depending on which synth you're using, but most will let you choose the shape of the sound wave that you want to generate. There's four wave shapes that form the basis for most of the synth sounds that you hear, and each shape has a different character. The sine wave is the simplest kind of waveform, and consists of only one frequency. Now the sine wave is the only type of sound wave that has just one frequency. When we play a note on an acoustic instrument, say middle C on a piano, it creates a complex sound wave consisting of multiple frequencies. The lowest frequency within this sound wave is called the fundamental frequency, and it's this frequency that determines the pitch of the note. So for middle C, the fundamental frequency is around 261 Hz. On top of this, we've got a load of extra higher frequencies called harmonics or overtones. These harmonics are what define the timbre or character of a sound. A note with fewer overtones will sound duller or smoother, like our sine wave. If a sound has more pronounced harmonics, it will usually sound brighter or buzzier. And this is a big part of why instruments sound the way they do, and why the same note on a piano and on a trumpet can sound very different. Acoustic instruments will always produce some harmonics, so the only way to generate a single sine wave is electronically using a synthesizer. If we take a sine wave and sharpen the edges, we get a triangle wave. Triangle waves have a fundamental frequency, but their shape introduces some harmonics to our sound. I'll play the sine wave again, followed by the triangle wave, and you can really hear the difference. The 
The harmonics in the square wave are even more pronounced than the triangle wave, so it sounds a lot brighter. But of the four basic wave shapes, the one with the most harmonics is the sawtooth wave, and this is the brightest of the bunch. We can take advantage of the different harmonic qualities of each wave shape when we're creating synth patches. For example, all that upper excitement present in sawtooth waves makes them perfect for creating classic string sounds. Or we could use those smooth sine wave tones for some cheesy 80s electric piano. Now many synthesizers have two or more oscillators, which means we can combine different wave shapes together to generate a rich and complex sound. One thing I like to do is adjust the pitch on my oscillators, which is a really easy way to create a much bigger sound. So let's start off with oscillator 1 generating a sawtooth wave. Now we can bring an oscillator 2 producing a sine wave but an octave below. Let's throw in a triangle wave using oscillator 3 and switch this to play an octave above. Another way to get a big sound on a synthesizer is with an effect called unison. Unison takes each note that we play and makes several copies of it. These copies are then slightly detuned and spread apart, which makes our sounds fatter and wider. Many synthesizers also include a noise oscillator, which we can use to generate noise. Now you might be thinking, why would I want to generate noise? What can I use that for? Well, most of the time, this will be white or pink noise, which is great for replicating the sound of something like TV static. But it's got a lot more uses than that. You could also mix this in at a lower level with your main oscillators to give your sounds a bit more texture. Or we could use noise as the foundation for different non-pitched effects, like synthesized crash cymbals, or sweeps, rises, and downers. So now that we've got our oscillators generating our sound, it's time to start shaping it. And one of the ways we can do this is with something called an envelope. Envelopes describe the way a sound evolves over time. Some sounds are short, fast and loud, like a snare drum or a gunshot. Other sounds are gentle and smooth, like a deep breath or a viola. ADSR envelopes are components of our synthesizer that we can use to control how our audio signal changes over time, and they have four main controls. Attack, decay, sustain, and release. This is where we get ADSR, and by adjusting these controls, we can dramatically change the sound generated by our oscillators. Let's explore these controls using the amplifier envelope, which affects the level or the volume of our synthesizer. The attack determines how fast or slow our sound comes in. A very fast attack sounds like this. So as soon as we press a note, we hear our sound immediately at full volume. If we increase our attack time, our sound comes in more slowly and we create a softer attack. 
Once our sound completes its attack, it moves on to the next set of parameters, which are called decay and sustain. The decay determines how long our sound takes to drop from full volume to a lower level, and the sustain is what sets that level. I'm going to set the sustain level fairly low, but with quite a long decay. Okay, now let's hear what it sounds like with a really short decay. If we keep our note held down, it will continue to play at our sustain level. If we let go of our note, our sound moves on to the final stage, which is the release. This sets the time it takes for our sound to disappear completely. At the moment, our release is set to zero, so when we let go of our note, our sound ends very abruptly. But we can make this more gradual and natural sounding by giving it a longer release time. Another powerful way we can change our sound is with a filter. Filters shape the frequencies in our sound, and they're a key component in subtractive synthesis. Subtractive synthesis is where we start off with a harmonically rich sound, like a sawtooth wave, and then cut and attenuate these harmonics to alter its character or the timbre. For example, we could use a low-pass filter to let the lower frequencies of our sound pass through, but cut out the higher ones. All filters have a control called the cutoff, which sets the point at which the filter begins cutting off frequencies. If we lower the cutoff, less of those bright, high frequencies can pass through, and our sound starts to get duller. If we flip this round and use a high-pass filter, we can raise our cutoff and get rid of our low frequencies. This is because high-pass filters work in the opposite way to low-pass filters. They let high frequencies pass through and cut out the low frequencies. Because these lower frequencies play a big part in helping us perceive the pitch of our note, when we chop them out of our sawtooth wave, it starts to sound more like a buzzy noise. A really cool feature on filters is called the resonance, and what this does is boost the frequencies right around the point where they're getting cut off. So I'll give our low-pass filter a big resonance boost, and then I'll move the cutoff around, and you'll be able to hear this big boost of frequencies sweeping through the spectrum. So we can use our ADSR envelopes to also control the filter, like we did with the amplifier level. Instead of changing the volume of our sound, the filter envelope is going to affect how our frequencies change over time. For example, if we use a slow attack, our filter will open more gradually and let more high frequencies through the longer we hold down our notes. Or we could set it to a faster attack and a fast decay, so our filter opens and then quickly closes back up. So envelopes will alter the filter every time a new note is played. But there's another way we can automatically control our filter, and that's with something called an LFO. LFO stands for Low Frequency Oscillator, and like our main oscillators, it generates a sound wave. The main difference is that LFOs generate waves at a much lower frequency. 
often lower than the range of human hearing. Unlike our main oscillators, which create waves that we hear as sound, we use LFO waves to modulate or change other parameters on our synth. So we don't actually hear the LFO wave itself, instead we hear its effects. So you can hear what I mean, I'm going to assign the LFO to our filter's cutoff, which is going to cause it to continuously open and close, and this creates a really distinct pulsing effect. Now we can modify this pulse by adjusting the rate control on our LFO. If we set our rate control to a lower frequency, it pulses more slowly. Or we can set our LFO to a higher frequency and this is going to speed things up. Like our other oscillators, LFOs can produce different shaped waveforms, and these shapes affect our LFO pulse. So the example you've just heard is an LFO generating a sine wave, which has this smooth, consistent sound. If we switch our LFO to generate a square wave, it sounds much choppier, and this is a great choice if you want to get a cool tremolo effect. Sawtooth waves have one sloped side and one vertical side, which means you can use your LFO to create ramps going up. Or down. So oscillators, filters, envelopes and LFOs aren't the only parts of a synthesizer, but they're arguably the most important, and you can create a massive variety of sounds by experimenting with these four components. But I can't do an episode on synthesizers and not talk about one of my favourite creations, arpeggiators. Arpeggiators or ARPs are a really useful tool for adding melody and rhythm to your tracks, and they work by taking the notes of a chord and playing it back note by note in a sequence. So you can hear what I mean, we need to start off with a chord progression. As rhythm plays a significant role in arpeggiators, I'm going to throw in a metronome. So now we can set our arpeggiator to play the notes of these chords one by one, and we can choose different note values and sequences to create all kinds of effects. For example, we could set this to playback as eighth notes in an ascending pattern. Or we could adjust our rate control to speed this up to sixteenth notes and change it to play down instead. Or we could speed things up even further, change our pattern to play up and down, and add on a few extra octaves of notes. So to finish I thought we could build a synth patch using everything we've looked at today, and we'll do this step by step. First we'll start with oscillator 1 generating a triangle wave, and we'll play in a chord progression. We can make this sound bigger by adding in a sawtooth wave from oscillator 2. 
Now those higher frequencies in the sawtooth wave are a bit much, but we can see to that with a low pass filter. We can make these chords sound a bit smoother by using our ADSR envelope. Let's soften the attack and give ourselves a longer release. Now we can add some detuned unison notes to make our sound fatter and wider. And let's get some movement in there and use our LFO to open and close the filter over the space of each chord. And finally, let's run this through an arpeggiator and throw on some delay and reverb for good measure. If you're new to synthesizers, then hopefully this episode has clarified some of those key components and concepts, which you can now use to start making your own sounds. The really cool thing about synths is the way these components interact with each other. And because there's so many controls that you can tweak and adjust, the amount of sounds you can generate is almost limitless. But there's still a lot more to explore, so we'll be back with more episodes on synthesizers later down the line. If you'd like to learn more about Spirit Studios, or if you'd like to learn about any of our courses starting this September, then please get in touch via our social accounts or visit us at our website at spiritstudios.ac.uk. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay safe and keep jamming. Cheers. Cheers.